So just before we were coming out of the break, our next guest called in, and Mark Dykton, who grew up in the Chicago area and is a diehard Cubs fan, uh, hyperventilated. Right, Mark? Sweaty palms. A little bit. I can fanboy a little bit, yeah. You fanboyed, right? I did. I believe you said, and I quote, thank you so much, sir, for not only doing everything you did, but for being simply on the planet at the same time as me and bringing the Chicago Cubs a world championship. Isn't that what you said? <laughs> I feel like you're being a little, a little facetious there, but yeah, I'll take it. Uh, joining us now, he has a new book out. As a matter of fact, it's out right now. Try Not to Suck at Baseball and Life, the book of Joe. Joe Madden, who, of course, Cubs fans, among other franchises, he needs no introduction, joins us on the Payless Liquors guest line to talk about the book and more. Joe, first off, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning to you. Good morning to you guys, too, and I really do appreciate you having me on. I do. Joe, where did this idea begin? I've always found myself pretty interested in you from afar. Unlike Mark, I'm not a Cubs fan. I'm a Reds fan, so um, I guess I should be cussing under my breath at you. Uh, But nonetheless, when did this idea start, and uh, how did it begin, I guess? Well, it really began in 2008 with the the Rays. We went to the World Series the first that year, and – a lot of folks asked me to, to do a book afterwards, and I really wasn't ready to do that. I did not think I had really earned the right to even consider doing a book. So uh, it just kept going. After the 19th season with the Cubs, I happened to run into Tom Berducci, and I said, um, listen, this, I think it's about time, and I'd be interested in doing this, and I'd really like to do it with you. And so we, we got together, and the premise is to really compare and contrast managing in the big leagues uh, from uh, 1980s to present day. That's the primary uh, purpose of the book, as well as to expound on some uh, of the madnisms that like Tommy likes to call them, the different things that I've said, each chapter has a heading, and we go into more detail about it. So it's a, you know, it's baseball philosophical, and I'm hoping that it really appeals to a wider audience than just the baseball audience, and those that might be into the leadership roles might uh, take to it also. Joe, to me, managing, and I get, you know, baseball is an interesting sport to me because you have, there are so many pieces that, that go in and out. And I think that people feel like to be a successful manager, it strictly is the strategy of X's and O's. When you look back at your career, was the greater strength of Joe Madden understanding the game of baseball or understanding and meshing personalities on a team? I think it always starts with the people and and the personalities and um, the culture that you attempt to create. Maybe then eventually you do. This started in the 80s with me. it's in the book I, I did. Uh, I was the instructional league uh, coordinator, and Gene Mock happened to be the manager at that time. And this is how this all started for me. Um, I'm throwing BP in the cage. You know, if you talk to Gene, walks up, and uh, it's all of his polyester glory, and, and calls me over and says, um, you've created a great atmosphere around here. I had no idea what he was talking about, but it caused me to go home that night and think about it. And exactly what you're talking about it was the communication component, the relationships, the trust, all these things that maybe at that particular age was doing just organically, which is great, but then you want to replicate it on an annual basis. So I had to stop and think, what's going on here? Um, I, I really feel strong about my X's and O's too because I've had some great mentors. But on an annual basis, the most important thing to do is connect with people. Joe Madden is with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Again, the book of Joe, Try Not to Suck at Baseball <laughs> and Life. Every time I hear that title, it's not it's great. Not to smile. Uh, Joe, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> even though I'm not a Cubs fan, I certainly can picture exactly where I was in watching Game 7, I guess a little over, right around a handful of years ago. Um, what did you think when the rain delay happened, and what did you do during the rain delay? 
fortuitous, kind of. You know, we had to regroup a little bit. Um, what I did was uh, I, I there's a the dugout in, in uh, Cleveland. There's a steps going down and steps going up. I went to my office to check on the weather report. And uh, actually, Joe Joe West already told me it's going to be 17 minutes. I don't know why he said 17. But anyway, I was going to check in as I'm going in and up the stairs. Our players are going into the weight room, and Jason Hayward had called this meeting, which absolutely uh, probably turned the whole thing around. So I was upstairs. I was talking to, to Jed Hoyer. We're trying to reassure ourselves we're going to be all right. Because uh, you get punched in the gut like that, it's very difficult, obviously. We got through the ninth inning and uh, had to come back out and play. But I do believe the, the rain delay, uh, being able to regroup, the idea of the boys getting together, and then coming out as fresh as it was the first inning was really remarkable. Did you listen to what Hayward had to say, or did you know he's going to handle it and I don't need to say anything? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much like that. I trust, uh, again, I trust leadership. Uh, one of the, again, one of the tones in the book is the fact that I believe uh, the more freedom given, for lack of a better term, the greater respect and discipline returns. So um, you've been with your guys. You guys, you know, there's, there's a back and forth all year. Um, sometimes guys don't like you because you might have to pinch it or take them out of the game, whatever. Pitcher, same thing. But at the end of the day, we're all on the same page. So I trusted Jason. Jason Hayward is one of the best leaders I've been around um, since I've been doing this. I know his offensive numbers weren't as great as everybody wanted him to be in Chicago, but uh, on a daily basis, this guy showed up, and I always felt while I was there we were a better team when he was on the field. So I totally trusted Jason. Joe Madden is our guest. He's on the Payless Liquors guest line. Again, the book is Joe Madden, Try Not to Suck at Baseball and Life, The Book of Joe. Joe, one of the things about you that, you know, I think you're aware of this, that fans that kind of transcended baseball. So non-baseball fans, I think, were intrigued and enjoyed Joe Madden because of the fact that you had and brought a colorful personality to it. Is there, when one has eccentricities, if this makes sense, is it difficult to make sure that those things are always authentic? And is there a danger, and I'm not saying you did this, but for, for people in the game of life, if people try too hard to become you know, eccentric, are they then in fact ordinary? Does that make sense what I'm asking in terms of finding that balance to connecting with people, but doing so in a genuine and authentic fashion? hundred percent. It makes sense. And, and I, listen, I, I'm from the coal regions of Northeastern Pennsylvania. That's where I'm sitting right now. I'd have got my butt kicked if I acted any other way growing up by a lot of different people. Um, whatever, whatever anybody has perceived to me to this point, um, believe me, it's, uh, I do, I know it's it's an authentic method. It's I I can't I can't fabricate who I am or what I would do on a daily basis. Anytime uh, a, a former player, whomever coach gets a job as a manager, they ask me for my advice, and I said, please, of all things, be yourself. I think the the problem with some guys is they get jobs like that, a major league manager's job, and all of a sudden they change because they feel like they have to do things differently. Um, I've never felt that way. Uh, you know, as a quarterback, when I was 10 years old, I made football all the way up through. You've always been in the huddle. You've always been uh, out front and leading in different capacities. So I know one thing for sure. Uh, people can smell a rat real quickly, and they know when not that, if it's authenticity or it's a fabrication. And for that, uh, just like uh, in the book, again, I hate to keep referencing, but the Hemingway quote of he writes, he sits down uh, to write a book, and he will write one true sentence, the truest sentence that he knows, and then he goes to the next one. And I think that's the only way. And I never, you know, I never thought of it in those terms until I read it. And uh, that's true. I mean, I think authenticity begins with one true sentence. If there was a book written about a rift 
that took place between Albert Pujols and Joe Madden, would that book be in the fiction or nonfiction section of the bookstore? Well, it's fiction. I mean, no, Albert, Albert and I got along well. Um, uh, he was upset when he left. Absolutely. He was in uh, the day that I did not have him in the lineup, but I, there was other things going on that I knew of and I couldn't play him that day. And that was it. Um, uh, but no, um, Albert and I had some, like, especially when I first got there, some great conversations thinking about Albert that people don't realize. And I've, I've mentioned it, I've said it to him. It's like, uh, this guy does a lot off the field that people have no clue about. Everybody looks at the home runs and everything else. And, uh, right away, that's Albert Pujols, but, uh, his foundation that really, um, helps the kids with down syndrome, people with down syndrome, uh, is, is incredible. I attended his first, my, uh, an event of his, the first year I got the job. And then when we were going through the pandemic, this guy picked up um, a tab for salaries among a lot of uh, uh, Dominican employees that we had at that particular time. Albert has got a really big heart. So everybody sees the baseball version of him. I like the person version of him. Again, it's the book of Joe, Try Not to Suck at Baseball and Life. Joe Madden with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Joe, if I gave you um, a title of commissioner of Major League Baseball and uh, allowed you to change two rules, what would you change? I would not. Uh, absolutely, the, the three batter minimum, I don't like at all. And the uh, runner at second base, please stop doing that. <laughs> little, uh, little more traditional in your base in that regard, right? Well, I mean, I, what is it traditional? It's the game. I mean, I, I really, you know, it's funny when people, you know, think of something as being progressive. It's just somebody's new idea that you throw out there. It doesn't mean it's better. Um, I like the idea that the game is measured from back in the 1800s. I think that's pretty cool. No other game is measured in that way. And, you know, I'm, I'm hearing about different uh, groups trying to go match up bullpen in the latter part of the game going into the playoffs. How do you do that with a three batter minimum? How, how do you play a matchup bullpen? I'm, I'm talking about for closer at the end of the game. It, it's not a good rule. It, it's not a good rule. It's, it's actually uh, almost created a, a, the left-handed specialist has become a dinosaur. And he can be a very uh, uh, important player. And furthermore, like you lose games because of that. You put a guy on second base and, and the inning starts and it just it's serendipitous. Something's happened and you lose. Don't like that. Um, you're forced to use three uh, pitcher for three consecutive hitters and you lose. Don't like that because that's really not strategically what you would do otherwise. So there's a lot of things that um, impact or inflict upon trying to do the right thing to win a game as a manager. And these two rules really at the top of the list for me. You know, that leads kind of to an age old argument I've had with a buddy for years, Joe. And, And Joe Madden, you can settle this argument once and for all. When you were a kid back in Pennsylvania, you're a kid, you're playing backyard baseball with your buddies. And you got to use a ghost runner, right? We've all used the ghost runner. <laughs> so you got a ghost man on second, and you hit a double. What happens to the ghost man? He scores. Thank you. Yes. Yes. See, people think That's that he funny. has to be forced in. And I'm like, who is your ghost man? Sid Bream? He scores on a double, right? Of course he does. Oh, uh, of you. course he does. And when he's a runner on first base, he scores on a triple. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's exactly that's right. Math, he, that's the easiest, easiest question Joe Mazza ever had. It's a home run. The guy from home plate scores too. I mean, it's, <laughs> I mean, what's I don't understand that one at all. Now let me ask you this though. I love this. This is what I love. For a hundred years, guys have tried to be the manager that broke the Cubs curse and and get them a World Series. You did that. You Los Angeles, Southern California, Orange County, best most beautiful weather in in the country. You you lived and you managed there. Yet when it comes down to it, 
you're back in the place where it all began for you in Pennsylvania. People in Indiana, I think, can relate to that never forgetting your roots. But with all of your travels, with all of the success and all of the fame, what is it about home that made you return? So I am. Um, I mean, the dirt here is, is, is my dirt. Um, the people, the, the city itself, I drive through it often. We've, we've gone through some tough times here over the last uh, 15, 20 years. It's been a total remake of the area. But a lot of the buildings in the places still exist, and I drive, and I think, and I'm just, I'm so wanting this uh, Hazleton area to rebound and come back to the glory that it once had when, when coal was king. And eventually we have this big distribution center because interstates 80 and 81 intersect right here. So I've, I've been disappointed. And I, I, you know, that's how we got together and did a respect 90J and myself, my wife, and uh, tried to, we, we created the Hazleton Integration, uh, uh, Hazleton Integrate HIP. Uh, and then with that, we have the Hazleton One Community Center to try to bring the Hispanic and Anglo cultures together in our hometown. And so this is, this is who I am. Um, I think it's really important wherever you eventually end up being and exist and work, absolutely you should become part of that community and, and help and aid and make it a better place. But I also believe there would be a wonderful program to not forget where you had come from and try to help that particular group too. It's really embedded in me. I can't, I can't help it. I can't describe it any better than that. This is who I am. Again, Joe Madden is with us. The Book of Joe, Try Not to Suck at Baseball and Life. Joe, something we've talked a lot about this year is just in awe of what Shohei Otani continues to do. Um, I don't know. I, I might be speaking out of bounds here, but I think given our American sports culture landscape, Joe, I'm not sure if we'll ever see someone from the United States do what Otani is doing or maybe be allowed to do, grow up and prove himself at the highest level, not only on the mound, but in the batter's box. You think we'll ever see that from an American? Um, shoot, I, I don't think that it uh, necessarily has anything to do with where somebody comes from. Uh, it's just his, his level of, of athleticism and his personal desire to want to compete and do these two things. It's not easy to do. Um, it's, it's impossible to do. And you watch it on a daily basis and see how – uh, offensive he can be and how well he runs and he wants to steal bases and, and how far he can hit a baseball and how hard. And then he goes out to the mound and less this last year, he showed you everything he's got. I mean, that, uh, the way he was pitching towards the end of the season. Wow. Um, it's top five in, in, in all of major league baseball. So I don't know that anybody from anywhere could either do it or would want to do it. Cause there's a lot of punishment on the body physically. Uh, <laughs> He, he wanted to play the day before he pitched. He wanted to hit the day that he pitched, and he wanted to hit the day after he pitched. Everybody else is sore. Everybody else is hurting somewhere. I don't know how he did it, but he does it. Um, so I, it's just a unique body composition kind of a person uh, that has this incredible uh, uh, streak to compete. Um, and he's not given enough credit for that. This guy's among the best top two, three competitors I've ever been around. But I, I don't know that it's uh, unique to wherever you had come from. It's unique to what you got going on inside. Now, Joe, given where you reside in Pennsylvania, would you consider yourself an Eagles fan? Not at all. No. Are you a fan Not of any no. NFL team? Oh, of course I am. I grew up a Cardinal fan. Um, when I was a kid, uh, I just fell in love with St. Louis sports just by the fact that my dad bought me a hat at Yankee Stadium after a game in 1963. Charlie Johnson was my first favorite quarterback. And then eventually 
And if you get into uh, the um, Jimmy Hart years and eventually Neil Lomax, but also my NF, my AFL team was um, the Jets because of name it. Joe Willie and I are friends, and so it's uh, the Jets, but on the on that side of the ledger. But truly, uh, the Cardinals, and then I adopted the Bucks because I know Jason Light, the GM, and I know Bruce Arians and that whole group. So, but growing up, it's been Cardinals all the way. You know, it's interesting that. Football is such the 800-pound gorilla, Joe. I, I mean, I think we know that in the American culture these days. Um, but baseball was that for so long. And, you know, when you look at a Mike Trout, you know, Jim Hart, for example, I think, you know, for someone my age, you know, Jim Hart was a very good quarterback, but he was not necessarily a superstar quarterback, but yet his name still resonates to me. Mike Trout is an elite level generational talent in Major League Baseball, yet there are kids in America right now that may not even know who he is. Does Major League Baseball have a marketing or imaging problem? I think the big problem there is just time zones. Um, to be able to get to see these guys more consistently, A, B, that uh, the Angels have not appeared in the playoffs in a while or a long, long time. Michael's got three games there, and Shoei's got zero. Um, so I, I, it's easy, I think, to connect the dots regarding a marketing program, but I just people are asleep on the East Coast or even in your neck of the woods by the time this guy's playing in the seventh inning or Sixth inning, so I think that has something to do with it. More importantly, the fact that they have not been able to participate in the postseason or, or win a championship, I think that easily uh, would turn things around for them. So, uh, marquee program, yeah. I mean, I, I'm 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 upset that we're no longer considered the national pastime, which never even talked about. That's my my concern. Uh, we have been, we are, and I want to hear that more often. But it's up to us in the baseball industry to get it back to that point where people. It was in that regard. Um, I'm not in charge of marketing and everything else. I don't want to go there. I'm just disappointed that I don't hear that phrase thrown around as often as we had in the past or at all, that we are the national pastime, and I still believe that. Joe, you uh, are you leaving the door open for managing again, or are you content starting the next chapter of your life? No, I'm open. Uh, I'm open, but I also believe a lot of the, the things in the book and all these interviews that I've been doing might I do see they're going to make me attractive or repel uh, in some way. <laughs> in either either way, I'm fine because I only want to be and participate with the group that uh, sees baseball in the, in the manner that I do, where uh, uh, analytics serves baseball and baseball doesn't serve numbers. Um, you know, people have this uh, idea that analytics exists in a vacuum and it's perfect, not realizing that every group has their own little group that creates this uh, these numbers. And their own little personal cocktail, and it's fallible. It's it's not infallible. And and furthermore, the most important part of analytics is to acquire players, and nobody ever speaks about that. You think it impacts the game on a nightly basis. It's groovy when I hear all the announcers talking about exit velocity and how far a ball went, but that has nothing to do with the competition and winning the game, and that's the part that we've gotten away from way too far. Well, I think that's well, well said. Joe, last one from me. Um... I guess when you think back on that World Series run, we brought up uh, the rain delay. Is there a moment that stands out to you, maybe not necessarily in the World Series, in that playoff run that you think back on most fondly? Yeah, it was game four against the Giants. That was the linchpin to the whole thing. And, well, I mean, that and the fact we were down three games to one, that doesn't even get spoken about. But if you turn it back to game four in, in San Francisco, getting our butts kicked and came back, really, really late to win that particular game with Johnny Cueto on deck to pitch the next day. We still might be talking about the, the Cubs uh, not having a World Series uh, championship. That was the game. 
that was the game that turned it around. Uh, Wilson's pinch hit, Hobby's big hit up the middle, and of course, Araldus nailing it down at the end. After Matty Moore was magnificent, we had no chance with Johnny Cueto on deck. So to me, the linchpin to all of that, to winning that whole uh, shebang World Series thing, was that particular game in my mind's eye, and that's how I look. That's my my viewpoint, and I really believe it to be true. So my last question for you, Joe, would be this. In the life of Joe Madden, what was your game for? When you look back on your life and you decided that you don't want to suck at life, yeah. what was the moment, what was the challenge that you looked at that people can learn from where you said, you know what, my back's against the wall here, but let's go? When was it? Well, it's in, yeah, it, it's, it's in the book. I think it's a whole chapter. It's about whatever you put out there comes back to you. I was pretty distraught. I was passed over for a major league coaching job. Early 90s, I think it was 91, possibly 92. I'm not sure. And my buddy Jeter Hines got the job instead of me when Doug Rader was the manager, first base coach. And I'd been the minor league uh, coordinator. I did all kinds of stuff. I'd set things up. And I got, in my mind, so I got passed over. And I was pissed, man. I was ready to, I was ready. I was, I was wanting to leave the Angels. I can't say I wanted to stop working in the industry, but I wanted to leave. So I was like, not myself. I get on an airplane to go to Texas to be um, the roving hitting instructor and some lady sitting next to me just wanted to talk and I didn't. And so eventually she kept talking and came out of her mouth. Remember one thing, whatever you put out there comes back to you. (laughs) And I, I took my little fuzzy headset off and I said, would you mind repeating that? And she did. And that just changed my perspective. Right there, that moment, snap the fingers, slap in the face, whatever you want to call it. I got up that airplane in Midland, and I became who I had been in the past. Um, so that one phrase, that one thought, and it always comes down to thoughts, and that changes who we are almost immediately. That's the one uh, phrase. And I stay, I, I, I have it on a shirt. I think about it on occasion when I think things are getting weird. Uh, whatever you put out there comes back to you. Put have out you, positive Have you vibe. met her since? Like, have you? No, I, I, I have no idea who she is. No, I it was just... It was serendipitous. So if you put out positive, you get positive. If you put out negative, you get negative. Choose. Make your choice, brother. Uh, but for me, it's about putting out the positive vibes, and you carry that with you, and it could be uh, a positive impact on the person sitting next to you on an airplane. Some awesome, awesome sayings in there. It's been a great conversation. Again, the book is The Book of Joe, Try Not to Suck at Baseball in Life with Holiday Season right around the corner. No better present. And especially with the MLB Divisional Series starting up today. Joe, as a Reds fan, I wouldn't mind seeing you if you want to have one last go at it down there in the Queen City, but no pressure. And uh, thank you very much uh, for hopping on with us this morning. Congrats on the book. You guys are great. I really appreciate those outstanding questions, and thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.